Oh man, May is the final month of year one for this day in weather history, and it has been quite a ride so far. But this month of May is a tough one, especially today. Hi, I'm Chris May, host of This Day in Weather History, a podcast from the Weather Network in Canada. I remember watching the images coming out of Fort McMurray and being stunned, like stunned numb. One of my best friends had a brother there whose family had been scattered in three different directions when the call came to get the hell out. This day in weather history. On May 1st of 2016, a wildfire began southwest of Fort McMurray, Alberta. This was broadcast as the ninth wildfire of the season in the Fort McMurray area, but at that time, it was still the only one burning that day. And it was a rather unremarkable one at that, still at only 500 hectares burning in the trees southwest of the city. Now here in Alberta, a fire near Fort McMurray continues to burn out of control. About 500 hectares consumed by fire thus far. Additional resources have been brought in to battle that blaze, but certainly the weather is not cooperating and not helping out. Now we'd seen this before, and they come and go because of the highly skilled firefighters that do what they do. That's why this was the ninth, and it was the only one burning. But something was off on this day. It was already considered out of control. And wildfire officials already knew they were on the edge of an exceedingly dangerous fire season. Conditions were hot and dry, and the winds were strong already. Plus, the dew points were indicative of very dry conditions and... We were in a naturally dense boreal forest. This was a powder keg scenario, and they knew it. And to make matters much, much worse, it was very close to the city of Fort McMurray. And that in itself makes it so much more difficult to fight. So on May 3rd, this day in weather history, when it swiftly blew through the community, it immediately forced the largest wildfire evacuation in Alberta's history with upwards of 88,000 people forced from their homes all of a sudden. We've just received word now that Anzac is being evacuated. If you take a look over here, you can see the stream of traffic now moving on to Highway 63 southbound, making their way out, making their way to safety. You know, I cannot even imagine what these evacuees are going through. They've had to leave their homes. Now they've had to leave what they thought was the safety of the evacuation centre, as well as the people of Anzac as well included in that evacuation. The scenes were chaotic. There were very well-coordinated escape caravans, but the fire was swallowing up routes as fast as they were being designed. This is going up on the side of the hills. This is nuts. Like, look at that. Oh my God. The flame jumped over the hill, I mean the road. Ashes are flying all over. They say they have crews en route, but look at that. Abyssin's gone. Beacon Hill is gone. That's when it got real bad, real fast. And the images started pouring out that, to me anyway, were the most terrifying scenes I had ever seen in all my years to that point at the Weather Network. Get, get the hell out of there before it gets worse. I know, we're leaving that. We just left Walmart. But everything, like, you remember that hill where we go up? Everything, all that side of the hill is on fire. The other side on the highway, everything is on fire. By the Monday... 80 firefighters were working on the fire with tankers on land while helicopters attacked it from the air. I can't tell you as well, as of one hour ago, the downtown core is being held through some uh, Herculean efforts of the structural firefighters. 
uh, in the area. Still, with all that, by dinner time that evening, the fire had more than doubled in size to just under 1,300 hectares, and then by the time the sun had set, it had doubled again. The next morning, people all over the world were now tuned in to watch the Fort McMurray Fire Chief Darby Allen update the media on the fire outside the northern Alberta city. You know, last night was a classic situation. Everyone would have seen out their windows at 8.30, a roaring fire that was going well, and then we wake up this morning and we don't see anything. And people think it's fine and it's all gone away. And uh, it's nice to have that thought, but I just want people to bear in mind and don't get into a full sale security. Uh, We're in for a rough day and it will wake up and it will come back. And within hours, his prognostication became a prophecy. Winds shifted harshly and blew harder. This was the knockout blow that he had feared. The fire that had been raging through the forest had now jumped the river and into the city. It was a horror show now. More than 1,600 structures were confirmed to have been incinerated. That included whole neighborhoods that were now totally gone in the city that was once the heart of Canada's oil sands industry. But by the end of that first week, the fire had grown to over 101,000 hectares. To put that into some perspective, that is significantly larger than the entire city of Calgary. It was an unprecedented disaster with damage estimated to be deep, deep, deep into the billions. And people started running for their lives this day in weather history. Tomorrow is May the 4th, and as much as I'd like to make a May the 4th be with you quip, our space writer and meteorologist Scott Sutherland will take away my sci-fi nerd card because Star Wars was not debuted on May 4th in 1977. It's only a thing because of the phonetics, and that's it. So stop it already. (laughs) Anyway, in real life, May the 4th in 1971 was a day when the Earth very literally swallowed up Saint-Jean-Vianney in Quebec. I'll explain tomorrow on this day in weather history with me, your host, Chris May.